0: It's the Poochie Podcast, proudly sponsored by Cimarron Golf Club. What is going on, Pooch crew? Thank you for checking into this episode of the Poochie Podcast. Specifically, thank you to Jacksonville Jaguar fans. Had a blast last night down at the stadium enjoying the experience when Trevor Lawrence became the number one overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft and what none of us were prepared for was what happened about two and a half hours later at pick 25 drafting his teammate out of Clemson University Travis Etienne the running back now I know a lot of fans have mixed emotions about this I'm always one that looks on the bright side the silver lining side of things and that's what I'm here to do today I think that a lot of things are getting overblown first and foremost Travis Etienne is not a backup running back. Do not get it in your head that the Jaguars used the 25th pick in the draft to draft a backup running back. James Robinson is great. He proved that last year. In fact, he was the only bright spot on the whole team last year. And I'm not exaggerating. On a 1-15 in team, Little times does it ever happen that a running back becomes the bright spot. Typically, you're looking at maybe a defensive lineman, maybe a decent offensive lineman, not the whole set, a decent offensive lineman, or maybe a guy in the secondary that performs well. We've seen that in the past with Jalen Ramsey playing well on subpar teams in Jacksonville, but a positional player on the offensive side. In fact, DJ Chark is another bright spot that the Jaguars have, as well as LaVisca Chenault. And you bring in Marvin Jones. Those are four key pieces there that you have on the offensive side before the draft even begins. So obviously we all knew we were missing a wide uh, quarterback, excuse me. And of course, we were missing pieces elsewhere. Well, we took care of the quarterback position with Trevor Lawrence, and that's extremely exciting. What Trevor Lawrence brings to the table is an endless list of great attributes and factors. His height his size, his decision-making, his athleticism, his leadership, and his success at every level he has played. This is a man that has played football at every level for a very long time. I think Jacksonville is very excited and should be very excited from the fans, the coaches, to the general manager and upper management, including Shad Khan, about Trevor Lawrence and what he will do for this team. But let's take a second and talk about the 25th pick. As I just mentioned, Travis Etienne is not being brought in to be a backup running back. The the NFL is evolving to a two-running-back league. You need to have two running backs to be successful in this league. Now, don't get me wrong. You need to have those other needs met as well. Do we need interior defensive line help? Yes. Do we need secondary help? Yes. But at some point in this draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars were going to select a running back. And why not, at this point, select arguably the best running back in the draft right up there with Najee Harris? Najee Harris goes 24 to the Steelers. ETN goes 25 to the Jaguars. Najee Harris, a great back, unfortunately, seems a little bit too similar to James Robinson. An up-the-middle back, explosion up-the-middle not the type of elusive player that's going to make the plays on the outside. Drafting Travis Etienne is a lot like Alvin Kamara with the Saints. You look at Alvin Kamara's first few years in New Orleans, Mark Ingram was still the featured back. That's not going to change in Jacksonville with James Robinson. Not only is, is Travis Etienne and Alvin Kamara similar in terms of their play style, the situation they are entering in their first few seasons is extremely similar as well. You have Alvin Kamara sitting behind Mark Ingram. Now we have Travis Etienne sitting behind James Robinson. I'm excited for that reason. We've seen time and time again many players at the NFL level get injured at running back. Excuse me. We've seen players get injured and in why risk The future of James Robinson by running him 25 to 30 times in a game. And before you say, well, that won't happen, that's not going to happen. It will happen. You have a rookie quarterback leading the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're going to lean on the running back that you believe is the workhorse on the team. If you can draft a guy like Travis Etienne to come in and take seven to eight carries away from him, you add that up over the course of the year, 17 games. You're looking at over 100 carries being taken off James Robinson's plate. That increases his durability long-term. This is not a bad move. You want to keep James Robinson healthy because you see what he can do and what he will be long-term. And James Robinson will only get better as Trevor Lawrence gets better and as Travis Etienne takes pressure off James Robinson. We saw Blake Bortles do extremely well Back in 2016, 17, and even 18 statistically, a lot of that was due to garbage time points, garbage time yardage, except for the 2017 season. Same thing happened with James Robinson last year. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to sound like a James Robinson hater, but you're a 1-15 in team. You're just trying to get in the stadium and out of the stadium without injuries as fast as you can. Run the ball, milk the clock, get out of there. We didn't know who we wanted to start. Mike Lennon or Gardner Minshew, whoever it was going to be, give it to James Robinson. Let him pile up the stats, and let's get out of the stadium healthy. That's what was happening last year. Look at some of the other top running backs in the league. You look at Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. You look at Ezekiel Elliott. Those are probably the top three running backs in the NFL over the last four years of football, right there with Alvin Kamara. Now, those three guys that I just mentioned – Saquon Barkley tore his ACL last year, Christian McCaffrey out for the almost the whole season last year, and Ezekiel Elliott, we saw a huge drop-off in production from him simply because of the wear and tear on the body. Zeke Elliott, from the moment he got drafted, seemed like the workhorse running back that he he ended up being. We knew he was going to get so many carries, so many touches, and we finally saw a little bit of regression last year. Well, then what happened? Tony Pollard out of Memphis steps in and becomes what no one thought he would be, which was a feature running back in the Dallas Cowboys offense. Any football, fantasy football owner out there knew Tony Pollard was a waiver wire pickup. Maybe some of you got him late in the uh, fantasy football draft. He became a valuable asset to the Dallas Cowboys offense. Not the same happened with the Giants. Definitely not the same happened with the Panthers. But the Jaguars are now in a situation to where they have James Robinson to be their Zeke Elliott and they have Travis Etienne to be their Tony Pollard. What's wrong with that? No one should be upset about this pick. I'm not going to even get into the familiarities part of it with bringing Trevor Lawrence in and having Travis Etienne next to him. Do I think it's a cool story? Yes. Do I think there's comfortability there? Yes. But at the NFL level, this goes much deeper than just drafting a teammate. This is this is different than then, you know, Jalen Waddle getting drafted to the Dolphins with Tua and Jamar Chase getting drafted to the Bengals with Joe Burrow. And even Devontae Smith getting drafted to the Eagles with uh, Jalen Hurts. This is different than that because of the dynamic of the running back position. The Jaguars are now in a position where they have DJ Chark, LaVisca Shanault, and Marvin Jones lining up at wide receiver. And now they have James Robinson and Travis Etienne lining up at running back. You pair that with Trevor Lawrence? That is a pretty damn good offense that I think a lot of teams would actually kind of die for. And what have we talked about tirelessly over the last three seasons about the Chiefs and last year about the, the Buccaneers? And what did we always talk about with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers? Not getting him weapons. With the Bucs and the Chiefs, when we did our NFL Super Bowl preview, we didn't know what roster was better because of how many weapons they had. Those teams had weapons. That is the direction that the NFL is trending. You need to have offensive weapons all over the field. You need to get the ball out of your quarterback's hands, and you need to let your playmakers make plays. That is what this Travis Etienne pick does for the Jacksonville Jaguars. If Mike Evans was covered, Chris Godwin was open. If both of them were covered, Antonio Brown was there. If Fournette couldn't run, Ronald Jones stepped in. If Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was hurt, Williams stepped in if Tyreek Hill couldn't get the screen pass pass it to me Hardman there were there were options for their quarterbacks and we're in a situation where we're looking at a rookie quarterback stepping in I don't want Jacksonville to overstate his talent Trevor's talent he's still coming in as a rookie quarterback he needs weapons and what have we seen transpire over the last year with the Packers Constant issues with Aaron Rodgers and upper management not surrounding him with pieces offensively. He's had Devontae Adams, he has Aaron Jones, and that's been it. You're telling me Marquez Valdez Scantling is your is your good number wide re- number number uh, two wide receiver to Devontae Adams? The Packers they have not had a backup running back that has been able to spell Aaron Jones if he's been absent. Or has he? If he has, if he has been uh, underproducing, I don't want the Jaguars to be in that situation. And let me tell you this, Jacksonville. Back when the Jaguars had their glory days in uh, in the mid two thousands, you know, a few playoff appearances, the uh, AFC divisional round uh, against the Patriots in two thousand seven, no one was complaining about having Fred Taylor and Maurice Jones Drew on the same team. Not one of you out there. In fact. I would say the Jersey split was probably 50-50, maybe 60-40 in favor of Fred Taylor. But we draft Maurice Jones-Drew in the second round. Everyone's cool with it. We're, all of a sudden, we see what he does on the field. We're cool with it. We don't care that we have Fred Taylor because we're like, oh, Fred Taylor's tired. Let's put in Mojo. Oh, Mojo's tired. Let's put in Fred Taylor. How could you not want that as a Jaguar fan? We finally have that again on the offensive side of the ball. Now, looking at round two, three, four, five, and six, and seven, there's plenty of holes to be filled, but we are only 20% through the Jaguars' picks. We have made two picks of 10, and there is plenty of talent left on the board. Interestingly enough, a lot of the players that you guys wanted at number 25, Trevon Merrig, Christian Barmore at 25, look at that. They're still on the board at 33 Now, I know you can't look into the future at 25 and say, oh, they'll still be there. But I think what upper management was doing in this situation was looking at the board and looking at draft history. We've seen running backs go off the board late in the first round as luxury picks to the Chiefs, even, with Clyde edwards Lair. We've seen those things happen. I would not have been surprised if the Buffalo Bills had taken Najee Harris or Travis Etienne at number 30. And I would not have been surprised if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had had taken whatever running back the Bills did not at 32. I could have seen a situation where Merrick and Barmore get drafted at 25 and then one of those running backs is gone by 33. I think this was a great pick. I don't I don't necessarily think this was a reach. What I think the problem is in a day and age in the NFL where mock drafts are being released every single minute of every single day leading up to the draft, us as fans get caught up in those players. We get caught up in thinking, well, the mock draft said Merrick. The mock draft said Barmore. It has to be Barmore or Merrick. It can't be anyone else. Well, that's not the case. I've said it in the past. Upper management, these scouts, there are guys that get paid to scout players for specific teams. If you're going to go online and trust an NFL mock draft from experts on ESPN and NFL Network, those guys are paid to make mock drafts. They are not paid to scout each individual team. They are analysts to talk about the NFL as a whole. Just because their mock draft doesn't align with what the team actually does, does not mean what the team did is a bad pick. The team is more qualified to make the selection than the guys on TV, than the Daniel Jeremiah's, than the Mike Mayocks that used to do it, Mel Kuyper's, Todd McShay's, Matthew Barry's, all those guys. Not to shout them out in any negative light. I love what they do. In fact, we even did a mock draft on the podcast channel two weeks ago because it's fun to do. But just because it's not the pick that those guys didn't take doesn't mean what the team did was wrong. And you as a fan might say, "Well, we need help at the safety position. We need help at defensive line." Well, if you were in a situation, in a situation, excuse me, like these guys in upper management. If you were in their situation, and you had Travis Etienne ranked, let's say, as your 20th player on the board, and Christian Barmore was ranked as your 34th player on the board, and Mary was ranked as your 37th player on the board, who were you going to take at 25? You're going to take the guy that you know you have graded higher than anyone else. And in this case, it was Travis Etienne. He's going to step in here, he's going to perform in Jacksonville, and oh, like I mentioned, Christian McCaffrey injured last year. Saquon Barkley injured last year. Zeke Elliott lack of production last year. What did none of those guys have besides Zeke Elliott? A decent backup running back that could take snaps away from them when they were tired. We're in a day and age in the NFL where running backs get ran into the ground on their rookie contract. They get worked, they get overworked, and we're seeing the value of running backs after four years in the league decrease substantially because of snap count. So I said on Twitter yesterday, go follow JPooch17 on Twitter. I said, would you rather have James Robinson for the next three years or would you rather have Robinson and ETN for the next six years minimum? Why did I say that? I get a, I get a response back. What is this logic? What is this logic? He said, you guys have so many other needs to fill, so many other, you know, so many other holes. And I said, I agree. There's a lot of needs to fill. But the logic behind it is, if you have ETN there to take some of the snaps, some of the third down snaps as well from James Robinson, both these guys can work in tandem like Maurice Jones drew and Fred Taylor did for so long and make this offense an offense to be feared for a very long time with Trevor Lawrence at the helm. Not to mention, if ETN turns out to be what we want him to be, We will have Etn, James Robinson, Trevor Lawrence, and LaVisca Chennault all on rookie deals for the next three years until Chennault's up for contract, and we will have so much money to spend in free agency on the defensive side of the ball, and what do we always say? You build the defense through free agency. You build the offense through the draft. The Jaguars consciously went out and spent little money this year on free agency, and they took players that were going to help day one. They weren't going to take players that would make big splashes in media. We weren't there yet. Urban Meyer said it himself. The Jaguars are not in a position to pay a guy $50 million over three years and waste his prime and waste that money when we can get guys to come in day one, the impactful players, let's build slowly and successfully. Let's not make these big splash plays. Let's build slowly and successfully and save that money for when the team is one superstar away, whether it's tight end, whether it's defensive line, whether it's safety, but the Jaguars still have eight picks left in the NFL draft. They will take a tight end. They will take a defensive lineman. They will take a safety, but those guys, the tight end safety and defensive line comparable to what they would have gotten at 25 will be a lot closer Then the running back they would get in the fourth round would be to Travis Etienne. I hope you followed me there. Travis Etienne is head and shoulders above where the fourth and fifth and sixth round running backs are. Whereas the defensive line, safety, tight end, even, you can hit on those guys late and you can at running back too. But if you're looking at the tape and you're looking at what Travis Etienne did for three years at Clemson, you're looking at a guy that's going to step in day one play with the quarterback he's familiar with and be successful and take Jacksonville to places they have never seen in the last 10 to 15 years. Offensively, I'm talking points. I'm talking touchdowns and I'm talking success immediately. Day one, stay tuned for the NFL draft coming up later today, seven o'clock round two and three. I am excited. I'm hyped. Hopefully I took some stress out of your mind with the Travis Etienne pick Hopefully you understand a little bit more where it's coming from. If you take anything away from this video, it's that Travis Etienne was not drafted as a backup running back. Travis Etienne was drafted as a dual running back in a dual running back system with James Robinson. We saw Fournette and Ronald Jones find success with the Bucs. We saw Edwards Alaire and Williams find success with the Chiefs. Both those teams were in the Super Bowl. Jacksonville hit this one out of the park on Thursday night in the first round. Enjoy rounds two through seven starting tonight. I know I will. Tune back to the Puji Podcast channel for more Jaguar talk when it's time. But until next time, go make this world a better place. Take care.